Coming to you not so live from my bedroom, this is The Lake Take with Chris Huerta and Daniel Flores. How's it going, Daniel? Going pretty good, Chris. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Excited to talk some Lakers basketball today. As uh, always. Yes, we are. All right, so let's get started here. Um, last time we talked was while they were playing Dallas, like literally in the middle of the game. Yeah. <laughs> they ended up uh, squeaking that one by, winning it. Um, but uh, after that, they, you know, dropped two to Memphis and OKC, and that's where we're going to kind of start our conversation today here, just to catch up on those games. Um, since we're only doing this, you know, once a week, we have to kind of backtrack and, and catch up on a little bit what, we, what we've missed. Um, although we won against Dallas, we lost in some ways, mm-hmm. meaning mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram uh, sprained his ankle, and yeah. that's kind of been a nuisance. At the very beginning of the game, too, so that was rough. As well as um, Lonzo Ball uh, straining his knee. You know, we don't know how bad the how bad it is, but he still hasn't played since. But we'll get to that later on in the show. But yeah. that's kind of where we took the losses there. Um, games at Memphis and OKC, uh, blown out. In Those were rough games, man. Yeah. Those were really rough games. Those were really hard to watch. Going into Memphis on uh, Martin Luther King Day, um, you know, which is basically the second uh, second biggest holiday in the NBA um, behind Christmas. Um, they, they always have all the big-time players on that day. And we went into Memphis really being able to expect to – put a, a W on the board because Memphis has been playing so poorly. They're very hurt. And I felt like we were going to be able to win that game. I believe we both thought we were going to win that game. But going into the game, you have Brandon Ingram hurt as well as um, Lonzo Ball. So that was that was tough on our yeah, team. Big losses there for us. Um, and just, you know, the way we lost, too, uh, they just kind of seemed to give up. They're towards, yeah. the, towards the end of the third quarter, halfway through the third quarter, and they went on a big scoring drought. And that's kind of where you're, you know, you're seeing that you're missing Lonzo. Um, one thing that I've noticed Lakers film room mention a lot is that when you have Tyler Ennis on the floor, that the uh, ball isn't getting moved around. There's a lot mm-hmm, of times that mm-hmm. Lonzo, there's certain passes that Lonzo makes that he's just not doing. Okay. Um, yeah, and I completely agree. Um, when I went to the Sacramento Kings game with my brother the other week, um, when Tyler Ennis came in, that is the time I decided to go get my chicken strips because I knew that's when the Kings were going to go on a run and that's when the Lakers were going to um, give up their lead. And it just seems time in and time out that when Tyler Ennis is on the floor, the team's not performing as well. I think we just discovered another great nickname on the show. We're calling He is no longer Tyler Ennis. Um, we will now refer to him as Chicken Strips. Chicken Strips. Oh, man. When you were coming up with that right now, I was like, man, how did I say his name right now? I was really expecting to have a – I had a typo right now. But so, I, uh, I'm glad that's not the case. Yeah, getting over Chicken Strips a little bit. Um, struggled against Memphis. You know, uh, wasn't looking too good against OKC. Um, now, uh, let's, let's move on to that OKC game because the, the loss against Memphis was, you know – Disappointing. We, yeah, disappointing. She- we didn't spend that much time on it. But the loss against OKC was even – even rougher. And I think you had a, a good tweet saying, you know, it feels like we've been losing to this team for, <laughs> Dude, for I, so like, long. I feel It feels like the last time we beat OKC is when Powell had that tip in in the uh, playoffs when they were <laughs> on the rise. Um, it just every time we go into Oklahoma, it just feels like a scheduled loss. You know, um, they look to play against us. Russell Westbrook especially just looks to play against the Lakers so hard. Oh, yeah. See, He's and not he struggled guy, in that game. Yeah, he's not a guy that wants to come back to LA. He's a guy that wants to kill his old favorite team. That's that's his. That's how he sees things. And um, he really did put a, a hurt on us in that game because. But the the biggest uh, problem that we had with that game was Stephen Adams, man. With there, like we've seen Julius Randle play really well. He's had his ups and downs this season, but. Um, 
going into that game, you would you would have hoped that we were able to control the offensive uh, board. I mean, get on the defensive boards a little bit better. But Stephen Adams was just destroying us and giving them opportunity after opportunity, and that's demoralizing. After a while, when you're not grabbing rebounds and they're putting in their third opportunity to get another bucket, it, you're not going to play that hard on defense the next time up because you're just physically exhausted and physically demoralized. So I feel that uh, that OKC game was tough. And, uh, you know, just like uh, how some people are saying we should be playing better against OKC if you want Paul George to come this summer, um, we haven't shown <laughs> – we haven't had a good showing against them in both of our matchups against them. That, that was a rough loss. Yeah, and but at the same time, you know, I think one thing that we have to remember is that we haven't been fully healthy when, when we have played them. Um, actually, I, I forget a lot about that the first game, but uh, first matchup with OKC, which is, you know, a 30-point loss. So, hey, we cut it yeah. down by 10 this time. We're doing a little better. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, you know, I think the most demoralizing thing was Ferguson. That dude can dunk. Oh, yeah, no. And that's that whole team has – they have a lot of highlight, highlight guys, you know. And uh, just seeing – our, us being worked on both sides of the floor was rough to see. And like you said, we were hurt. And yeah, that's um that's great. That's a good ex- uh that's a good excuse for some uh some of our losses, but at the beginning of the year, Polinka and Magic told us, you know, we're going to we're going to compete for every game. Moving instead of always just trying to attack the bucket. And it's just, you know, his game evolves every month, which is one thing we already talked about, but it's just really encouraging to see. Yeah, Ingram's really good in that secondary uh, playmaker role, as in when we've put him in the point guard role before, and it's, um, it didn't look so hot before uh, this season. Um, Ingram is a guy who's able to create off drives and off pick and rolls. He's able to he's able to get people uh, passes when they're open, but he doesn't want you don't want him to be your primary assist guy. And so I think that... He's really, I think he keeps on going into his role. He's figuring out his role more and more as time moves on. Because it seems like him and uh, Brooke Lopez have a good pick and pop uh, thing going. Um, I think that he's able to, he's been cutting to the basket a lot better this year. I feel like he's been found on cuts so many times this year for open buckets. And, and like we've talked before, his shot's starting to fall. So like everything's starting to open up for Brandon Ingram. And so it is a big lift to get him back. But the big two things in these, uh, in these wins that so far is, uh, we've gotten, we would drop down to 15th in the league in defensive efficiency, which is still a hell of a lot better than it was last Dead year. Dead last, mo- but, or, or all close to it these last oh, three no, years. Yeah, if we weren't last, we were second to last. So we, I, I'm certain we weren't even third to last. Shout out to Dr. Slaughter. Um, he's one of my professors at school. Was he was talking? <laughs> we, we often uh, after class we'll just walk to him and we'll talk Lakers basketball. But he was saying he doesn't know about Luke, and I was like, you know, the one thing. The one thing is, is that Luke D'Antoni and Byron Scott have all had young teams, but both teams have given up on on uh, D'Antoni and on Byron Scott. And you could just see that Luke is a great motivator, and he's turned this defense around. And going to fifth, you know, even being fifteenth is something really, really encouraging. Huge. Yeah, it could be eighteenth, it could be twentieth, but that that's still 20th a huge, would have been a great, yeah, improvement. huge improvement. But it's just you know crazy to see what he's doing right now, and especially you know the, the way they played in these last few games. What's encouraging is just that you know you're playing without Lonzo and KCP. Now I'm not saying Lonzo's you know your best defender, your second best defender, but he is a great or not great. He's really good, better than advertised, as we've said for a perimeter defender, and they're really missing that because what it is also is his size. You're able to switch, and that, that makes you know a lot easier on defense. And uh, Julius Randle, man. Oh, yeah, he's he's great. 
he's he's uh made such huge improvements. I I remember coming into the season, I thought it was like okay, same old Julius. You know, you're you're hearing he's having yeah. a great training camp, but it's like how is that going to translate? Now the consistency still isn't always there a little bit, but you could see how Luke has been motivating him. You know? Yeah, and yeah. The, and I think that's we've always gone back to that being Luke's strength as a coach is his ability to connect with players and honestly hold a locker room because you know. Even through all of this, there's been a lot of noise outside the Lakers, but Luke has actually kept this team continually moving forward. Of course, with a young team, there's going to be ups and downs, and we definitely went through our down period with the nine straight losses, but we're, we've, we're on the up and up again, winning, I believe, seven of our last nine games or something like that. And that's hard to do, no matter, what you're do- no matter who you're playing in the NBA. If you're winning seven out of nine games, you're doing a really good job. And, uh, you know, Luke Walton has been uh, – they've been talking about him, talking to Jordan Clarkson every day because Clarkson's being affected by his trade rumors. And, you know, Luke's got him back on track, obviously. I mean, back-to-back 30-point games. He's the first uh, Laker to have 30 and 10 off the bench. I mean yeah. – How great is the narrative that they told Jordan Clarkson it was in social media night, it was a single ladies' night? <laughs> <laughs> that That is awesome. The whole social media thing with uh, Jordan Clarkson has just been great this year. It's a reason I would want to keep him because he's our best quote in the locker room this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, but, yeah, Jordan Clarkson, with uh, <laughs> especially with that uh, – but the social media night with him being locked out of his Instagram account was just damn hilarious. But the good thing about Luke, it has been shown that he is able to get to players. With Jordan Clarkson, he's able to keep him calm through all this trade rumors. And then with Julius Randle, he's been able to manipulate him either by putting him in the bench role to make him more of an efficient player in 18 minutes, still grabbing like 10 boards and putting up 18 points. Or now with the starting lineup, he's scoring 27 points and even grabbing down 12 rebounds, throwing in five assists. This guy is able to play uh, great on the, uh, is a great person on both ends of the floor for us. I mean, you were just talking about Julius's work on the, uh, in during the summer. I mean, if you've seen him this year, one of my favorite plays of this year was when he switched on to, uh, I believe it was John Wall, and he was able to stop him from putting in the game-winning bucket against the Lakers. I mean, his switching onto guards has been incredible. Being able to switch onto John Wall, there's not a lot of people that can do that, even if you're his size, let alone Julius's size. So... I think that Julius has been able to play on both sides of the ball really well, and it's nice to see him and Clarkson help uh, fuel our team's victories while Lonzo and Ingram haven't been 100%. Yeah, and that's, I mean, one thing that that we've kind of seen all year, um, and they kind of got away from a little bit, is that when Randall and Clarkson are on the floor, you know, they've had that chemistry now. This is their fourth year on the team. Yeah. So they've had that chemistry. So um, even with Randall, uh, what's really encouraging to see is, like you said, that he could switch off on the guards, but... Man, you know, transitioning to the game against the Knicks, he went at Porzingis hard. You know, there's been this narrative against Nandle, his Randall. Nandel. Randall. Uh, that's Nance and Randall. Um, Lance and Randall. Yeah. yeah Randall. Um, but uh, <laughs> there's been this narrative that, you know, he it's really hard for him to, like, score over bigger players. And it was just awesome to see him bully Porzingis. He was bumping him out of the way. You're starting to see a lot of spin moves. Mm-hmm. There's a great pump fake that he did and, and got an easy bucket. Randall's just looking uh, – he's he's awesome, man. I, I, I really don't want to give him up. I really think, you know, the Lakers could try to try to work a way to get him to sign, you know, that uh, the 
what is it? The qualifying the, offer. The qualifying offer for a year. I think they they should do their best to do that because Julius is is by far shown that he deserves to still be on this team. And you know, and going to Clarkson, you know, having twenty nine points, ten assists, he had what six rebounds and like three steals, mm-hmm, looking mm-hmm. looking pretty good against uh, against New York as well. Um, what was good to see there is just that. Sorry, locking my dog out. <laughs> yeah, um, it was gonna be bad. Yeah, what was really good to see there is that uh, he's up in his trade value. Yeah, he is. I love Jordan Clarkson. Don't get me wrong; he's been a you know great part of the team. He's gone, though. but yeah, you know this is this is really good for the like for Rob Polinka right now, and yes. I hope, and I hope that they're trying to you know get him out there because a lot of teams right now there's a lot of drama in the NBA. You know, you're starting to see Damian Lillard talk about or talk to the front office there in Portland. Uh, Kawhi's not happy, you know, everything. Jason Kidd just got fired yesterday, so Giannis is, is also, or is it Giannis? No, yeah, Giannis, sorry. Yeah, whatever. G Giannis, he's a G. <laughs> Either um, way. Yeah. Um, you're starting to see him kind of uh, get a little upset about the firing with Jason Kidd. You know, he really enjoyed him, but, you know, you're starting to see a lot of drama, and, you know, part of that is just because the Warriors aren't going anywhere. Yeah. Rockets aren't going anywhere. So a lot of teams are frustrated, and they need to know we don't have enough to beat these teams. Yeah. Um, and it's really encouraging to see that because now you're going to start, you know, now now teams are looking at Jordan Clarkson saying, you know, maybe this guy could be really good for us off our bench because he's putting up 33 points, you know, 29 points, you know. Maybe he just needs more playing time, and he can have that playing time with us. Yeah. I mean, LeBron yeah. for Clarkson straight up. <laughs> no kidding. But uh, believe me, I, I've already got my trade machine out and uh, while we were at the gym, and I've – I've gotten Damian Lillard on the Lakers or for Jordan Clarkson, basically. But, <laughs> you know, that's the thing is you always have to be prepared for the next move. You might not see it happening quite yet. Yeah, we've heard a lot of noise around Paul George. We've heard a lot of noise around DeMarcus Cousins. But there's always something developing. People get unhappy where they are at. And then there's people that get happy for where they're at. So we might not get Paul George. There might be someone else that opens up. But... One of one of my favorite things about that I've seen recently is because we're on this show we're very pro Julius Randle as you can tell. But Eric Pink has talked uh, tweeted that the market for most of the players in the for Juli- like Julius Randle is the mid level exception, which is about eight point four million this summer. He says that few teams will have the ability to really pay more because there's not a lot of people with a lot of cap space. He uh, Eric Pink has said, I have Randall in the mid-level exceptions group, maybe a team with his rights. The Lakers currently pay $10 million starting or just match an offer at $8.4 million. So if you're able to get Julius Randall for $10 million or $8.4 million, that's not losing out on two major players. You do have to get rid of someone like Jordan Clarkson, but if Julius Randall is your sixth man like around probably like your fourth best player and you're going to be in the championship discussion eventually. Yeah. Because this guy is, he's really skilled. He makes boneheaded decisions sometimes, but he's really skilled. And I think those, deci- those bad decisions are going to go down as he gets. Older. Well, and the more he plays like this, the, you know, and the thing is he's, he's really aggressive. You know, he's a, he can handle the ball. He can pass really well as well. So he's a really underrated passer. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Lamar comparisons start really, Starting to show themselves. Oh, totally. Yeah, and totally. um, and I think that's that's just incredibly encouraging, you know, to see this from from uh from Julius, uh, and it, I'm just, I'm I'm hopeful that we can keep him and sign him, you know, to a, to a cheaper deal, or not not a cheaper deal, but you know, he's obviously gonna make more money, but you know, it's cheaper than than what uh 
maybe what he could get if he, if more teams did have cap space. Yeah, and I mean, let's let's put ourselves in that Warriors discussion where they have too many people to sign. I want to be in that. <laughs> I want to be in that yeah. boat. All right. Mm-hmm. I want to have that problem because if um when we it, with Julius this year, he's going to sign a four year contract. He's going to be twenty four uh, um, by the time the summer rolls around, I believe, or at least by the time the next season rolls no. around. So is he twenty four? Is he? 24, yeah. I thought he'd be 22 right now going into 23. No, he's gonna, he's 24. He's going to be around 28 next when his uh, next contract's up. So he's not even going to be in his prime till he signs his next contract. Yeah. So that might be something you look at like, okay, you know, I might not be getting the exact money I think I'm worth as of right now, but especially if the Lakers are able to keep them, we're, we're a team that will always go into the luxury tax to keep our players and to keep competing for championships. So I really hope we keep that guy around. Yeah. Um, well, in, in I mean, the way that, you know, let's get into a little bit about how we beat the Knicks, too. That was an awesome game to see. Oh, yeah, um, totally. Yeah. The Knicks battled back, obviously. You know, the Lakers had a really good first quarter against them, and then the Knicks kind of erased the lead a little, little bit. But then they opened that wide open in the fourth quarter, which was yeah. end of the third quarter, too. Mm-hmm. And they just took they just ran away with the game. Um, but I think one thing that, you know, we want to talk about in the, in the Pacers game and in the, um, and in the Knicks game is you got a two-way player uh-huh. named Alex Caruso. Backup yeah. point guard, um, he, you know, I say two way player because that's that's the contract that he has going between the G League and you know and the Lakers. The new thing the NBA is trying out right now. He has some Sasha Vujacic defense. I'm gonna say two way player even on the court. You yeah. know, his defense is is better than advertised, um, and his offensive game is a lot better as well. Uh, against the Pacers, you know, he he had five points, but you know he had, uh, he had that dunk, that really nice dunk, and he had a three pointer. Mm-hmm. Um, and was kind of just feeling it out. You could tell. You could tell he's had a, a when he's come up to the NBA level. He's been doing a lot of filling out. Mm-hmm. But against the Knicks is when we saw Alex Caruso of the summer league, where it's like he had a you know he had his fingerprints a lot over that game. He was yeah. rebounding the ball really well. Mm-hmm. He had what was it eight assists? N- yeah, and nine points. Nine points. Yeah. And the nine points were were an aggressive nine points. Yeah. You know, he looked for a shot a little bit more. And when he was able to do that, it was able to open up his passing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's something that Luke. Uh, was talking about after the game was when Alex had had his opportunities coming up into the for the big team, he hadn't have been as aggressive as before. And something that I know that we both talked about since Summer League, the best thing that Alex Caruso has done is he at least mimics what Lonzo's trying to do for our team. He when as soon as he gets the ball, he pushes it forward. He gets he gets the ball across the court before it's even twenty seconds. So we're trying to push, push, push. And that's not something you really you see it kind of in Tyler Ennis, but it, it with Alex Crusoe, it just feels so much more natural, and that's how he's born to play. But he's also for a Walmart regional manager, he's incredibly <laughs> sneaky. Yeah, the balding wonder, right? I mean, this did you see Clarkson roasting him on on Twitter? Oh yeah, so he told him like, oh man, that's when he still had hair, because it was a picture of him and uh, Crusoe playing against uh, Missouri versus Texas A and M college. Yeah, I saw that. It was funny. Yeah, and it was, he's telling me you still have hair then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, man. oh, come on, man. Be, <laughs> nice, be a little bit nicer. You know, Alex Caruso is just such an idol for balding people. I speak for the balding community. And I think that moving forward, we're just going to 
I'm gonna buy. I think I need to get a Crusoe jersey, number four. I mean, he's looking to be a Lakers head coach in the next few years after Luke's done because he, he's got number four. Yeah. So he'll be he'll be coming back to coach us one year. So it's I'm a fun. fan of the fours. I am, dude. Yeah. Even though it's funny because Byron almost changed his whole perception as a, as a, his legacy as a Laker by becoming the head coach. But yes. he, Byron Scott was a bad man when he was you know playing that number four yeah, jersey. They, it's the and, reason that he got so much hard defense, you know, <laughs> because yeah. he was such a good Showtime player, yeah. And even even with Luke, a lot of people used to be really critical on him, but we're huge Luke Walton fans as a player. Oh no, um, no. that's why you're, you're not you're not yeah. gonna get any criticism as Luke Walton uh, player. The smartest be. basketball players we've ever seen. Oh come on, dude! I mean, that dude was able. To, he moved the ball so well, and uh, you know, there was that one year, 2005, I believe, he led the league in three point percentage. So come on, I mean, like, get off Luke's back. He was a great <laughs> player. <laughs> um, well, and. I think right now is a, is a better time than any to talk about Luke, the coach. You know, we've already ta- been talking about how much of a great motivator he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just done a really good job with this roster overall this year. You know, the record may not show it right now. But, you know, that's what we've talked about being one piece away. And if he can help these guys, you know, maybe up the free throw percentage as well, I think we're going to win a lot more games in the second half, like we were saying. Yeah, and, like, look at it already so far. We've won... Six we've, of eight? We've won... Six of eight, yeah. Five is straight at home. Five straight at home, and we've we won. Uh, we didn't w- reach seventeen wins until five uh, games later from last season. So like we're ahead of schedule from last season. So we we are already mm-hmm. seeing a little bit of improvement. And, the, and those midseason injuries have, have really helped. You know, at least take away a couple of victories as well as the free throw shooting. Yeah, both of those are going to hurt us. And I think mo- also we had one of the toughest schedules in the NBA moving. In December. I mean, we went through a gauntlet of teams in December. So moving forward, our schedule's going to be a lot easier, and we're going to be able to pick up some Ws. And like as some people talk about, you know, there's going to be certain teams tanking towards the last end of the season, which means, I mean, this is the last year of tanking. So supposedly, since they changed the rules, I forgot how they did it, but it's going to hurt tanking. A little out of the loop, so I'm not even sure how they did it either. And then also when the the good teams are going to start resting their players towards the end of the year. So I still think the 35 win total is not a ridiculous win total to still be hoping for. I don't think it is either, as long as we play chicken strips 10 minutes a game. We Chicken, we're still playing chicken ships 10 minutes. <laughs> I think, I think, well, the one thing you've, you've noticed, you know, if we're, if we're still gonna have JC, uh, JC needs a little AC, he does. So they, they, they work well together off the bench, he does. and yeah. you could start Tyler Ennis for a little bit, you know, hope he's not too much of a liability. Give him those, like, uh, the Smush Parker, you know, 10 minutes, 10 minute runs, whatever. Um, it's classic Luke, not messing with the starting lineup, yeah, not messing with the l- lineup, but you know, he All has, right, I mean, not he, messing with the bench, yeah. The one, yeah, but the one thing that's been nice is that the bench has been. Obviously, one of the better benches in the NBA, and they can just put up points. Yeah, and that's one thing they've been showing as well. Um, against you know, I hope Kuzma's okay. Mm-hmm. Me the, too. You know, he uh, he hurt his hand. Uh, I don't I don't know if he hurt his shooting hand or if it was the same hand that he re- had already injured against OKC. But um, he he did something to it. Uh, maybe jammed a finger. Yeah. Uh, against the Knicks, so they they pulled him out. But he was already they he was looking to get cooking in that game too. Yeah, they all they also said that that he was looking to come back actually, but that. Luke was rolling with that lineup that uh, really locked down defensively and really got us back into it. The one with Larry Nance, uh, Randall, and uh, Alex Crusoe. I don't know why I always want to call him Anthony Crusoe, but Alex Crusoe and um, Jordan Clarkson. So I think that Kuzma's going to be fine. He's going to be another. He like you just said, he was trying to. He was getting cooking in that game. He had 
he only played 10 minutes, but he scored 15 points. And it was those Kuzma games that we saw earlier in the year with really high uh, shooting percentage. So if we're able to get Kuzma back on board um, to what he was earlier in the season, if we're able to see Ingram um, not get hurt and continue his progression, and then look at what Randall and Clarkson are already doing, as Lonzo's not going to come in and really affect people's rhythm. He's going he's gonna to make things better. He's not a guy that needs the ball in his hands constantly. So just things are going to get better as long as we keep on continually get healthier. So, I mean, going into the game tonight, it's going to be a really good uh, bookmark playing the Celtics, a team, even though that they're struggling, they're still one of the best teams in the NBA. And it's a team that we hate. See if these guys are going to come out and really just, like, want to beat the Celtics. I, th- I, bl- I believe that I've heard Randall have a couple of quotes when talking to John Arlen. I think he kind of gets that we need to beat the Celtics. I think he's one of those guys that gets that. But I, I'm hoping the rest of the team really understands this is a team, no matter how either team is doing, you need to beat that team because it's going to hurt when you lose to the Celtics. It's really going to hurt. So um, going into tonight, um, I really hope uh, – Alonzo's already out. Let's get that win. Let's just – the, let's just you know we're already we're already playing down, uh, but this team has some momentum right now. Riding into this mm-hmm. game, I think you tell Jordan Clarkson that tonight is actually the real singles ladies' night. So <laughs> see if he comes out and plays a little bit better. Yeah. But I hope this team just comes out and just puts it on the Celtics. Like honestly, like we've lost for for a while there when when we were both looking pretty terrible. You know we were able to trade games with them, but they've won they've won you know more against us lately. But it's just I'm hoping that we could just come out and s- smack them right in the face. Yeah, of course, man. I mean, um. The Celtics have been, you know, they've had their recent dip. They just lost to Orlando, even though Kyrie put up a big amount of points. So we got to be a little cautious going into this game because this might be a perfect turnaround game for the Celtics. I mean, if I was a Laker fan and we were losing, like when we still had Kobe and Powell, if we were losing a lot and we're going into Boston and we needed a win, I, I would feel really comfortable about Kobe being able to get up for that game and really put us over the top. So, Going into this game, you got to feel that Kyrie understands the situation and he's going to really get his team motivated to come out against the Lakers and really get their team back on track. But, you know, still, I think that even though Lonzo's going to be out, we still got Ingram going. We still got a lot of our young guys going against their young guys. We got to see some positive things so we can at least, let's at least not get our ass kicked tonight. That's. That's all I'm asking, man, because it's so hard losing to these No, guys. let's get that win. It's not even It's not even a question of let's not get our ass kicked. Let's just get that win. Yeah, we, I, I, I think we can do keep, it. Let's keep the mo going, and let's just get the win. It's still just hard for me to ever, th- I mean, to think get we're going to win with chicken strips. Win, yeah. Chicken strips really bums me out, man. man. <laughs> he really bums me out. Yeah, I you just mentioned chicken strips right now, and I totally forgot he was on the team. I was all jazzed to get the W, <laughs> Yeah, dude, because I I have faith in the rest of the guys being able to put a, a, a game together. But I don't I don't think I've ever really seen Ennis put a game together. Well, he had the game against the Rockets that went into double OT. Uh, but yeah, went into double OT. I mean, eventually someone has got to put the ball in the bucket, you know. Well, for a little bit, it, um, to be fair, it was Chicken Strips doing it. He he uh, he became Chicken Strips Ennis for a little bit, but he didn't fully you know earn his name. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I still think. 
Chicken strips. His chicken strips are trash. They are not the white and uh, <laughs> they're not the white chicken strips from like a uh, like the selects from McDonald's. Selects from McDonald's. They ain't Wendy's chicken strips, man. No, <laughs> no way. <laughs> There's no way. But uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping that we're able to get uh, the win. I mean, still looking at Luke versus Brad Stevens, there's a lot of good things going back and forth. The only thing they really have on us is they do have Kyrie. and uh, I mean, Al Holford is better than Brooke Lopez, but you know that's a matchup that Brooke Lopez can play up to. But they have Kyrie. That's that's the reason that they're going to be favored in this, and I hope we're able to and put Brown and Tatum away. have played okay. No, they played good, but I just want to give them any of their credit. I don't, the don't want to talk yeah. about Tatum. <laughs> that that guy all the there's a few Lakers bloggers out there that just love Jason Tatum and it's just like okay like just get it just love him in private dude like huh. just like don't bring it up it makes me sad like it just well it, oh, it really doesn't make me sad at all because I think we chose the right guy I would have <laughs> chose if we had the number one pick I would have chose Lonzo over Tatum even knowing what we know now oh no of course but like um like I've talked I've talked to you about this a lot um. During the summer league, uh, Bill the Sixers, Simmons, the Sixers should be kicking themselves in the ass. Oh yeah, with the Fultz pick. But during the uh, during the summer, Bill Simmons uh, tweeted like, "Man, why does Lonzo Ball have to be a Laker? Because he likes his game so much." I felt the same way about Kyrie going to the Celtics. I was like, "Fuck, I love Kyrie." Now, now I can't like him anymore. That this bomb brought to you by <laughs> Crossbones <Flatter>. Podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, the Crossbones Podcast. F bomb, but um. And then also with Tatum, his game's smooth. His game is smooth. But I don't like talking good about Celtics players. It makes me feel dirty. Yeah. So <laughs> it just it's it's never gonna feel right. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> yeah, I hope they turn into chicken strips themselves. I hope they all turn into one big chicken strip because I hate that team. Yeah. Well, let's hope we get that win. Um, one when the podcast like the uh, talking about um, chicken strips. Oh. <laughs> Getting a little hungry now. <laughs> no. uh, not so much about chicken strips, but about. Uh, a little bit of the injury bug the Lakers have been dealing with. You know, it's unfortunate to see mm-hmm. them get derailed like this. Uh, this happened last year. But like I said, we, Luke's been keeping the team motivated enough to, to really have them pushing through. Um, but how concerned are you about Lonzo Ball? Um, I think the thing that they're doing is they're being overly cautious. This is a, this is a season that we're feeling that 35 wins is we're kind of on the high end of our win on the win totals for most Laker fans, most of people that are following the team, but 18 more to go. Yeah, we got 18 more to go. I think we can do it. But the way that the front office is seeing it is Lonzo's our key to attracting players to our team. He's the key to our team kind of moving forward. He's kind of, he's kind of the engine. He's the guy who's going to get the, the ball moving. He's the guy that's going to play good defense. And he's the guy who's going to hit a couple threes when you need it as well. So with his knee, it's worrisome. But I don't think I think they're just being overly cautious. How about you? Uh, I I agree. I think they are being a little overly cautious. I just didn't think he'd be out this long. Yeah, day to day. They kept on saying day to day. Yeah. So you know, it's almost been two weeks now. It's gonna be two weeks actually because there's been talks that he, they don't think he's gonna play tonight, or he's obviously he's, not he's playing out tonight. tonight. He's out tonight. He's out tonight for sure. But he's he's not gonna be playing against. Um, he may not play Friday, and he may not even play Sunday. So that that's something that's that's a little. I mean, it's a little. You raise your, you raise an eyebrow at that just because you you know, like we said, you don't we didn't think he'd be out this long, mm-hmm. and you know they haven't really diagnosed or said what you know I know it's a knee strain, but the only thing that I think we need is him back. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> that was good, but um, 
the, yeah, the thing that worried about me too, it worried me too, is that uh, he just woke up one day and his knee was hurting, and uh, that's not good when you're not playing basketball and getting hurt. So let's. I don't think it's a big deal. I think that uh, I th- Mike Trudell was talking on the morning show the other day, and he was talking about you know we just got done with Kobe, who would play through a broken finger. But, like, with Brandon Ingram, I don't think it's his lack of wanting to play. I think it's um, him figuring out, when I'm this hurt, am I am I still helping the team more than I'm hurting it? You know, because if the angle is really affecting you that much that you're actually hurting the team, that's when you should be sitting down. So if Lonzo's knee is really hurting him as bad as uh, it, that it's affecting him so poorly that he isn't going to be helping the team, I, th- I think he should be sitting out as well. But it really shows that we need a good backup point guard and moving forward. And hopefully you can look at Alex Crusoe to be our bench guy, but I don't know. We're still going to need to look for something else. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think, I think maybe even if, even if you kind of like the ACJC dynamic yeah, off yeah. the bench, the SEC, <laughs> the SEC back backcourt, um, I think one thing that that maybe they maybe they w- would look at trying is either starting Ingram at the point, mm-hmm. uh, moving Kuzma to the three. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's a that's a possibility, you know, to try out there, or even uh, you know, giving GP Sun some run, you know, a little mini glove. God, yeah, the glove junior. No, I'm not gonna say the glove junior, but you know, <laughs> give give Gary Payton the but second. You Michael know, Michael Thompson called him midden. Mitten? Called him, yeah, Mittens. Wow. Because <laughs> he's not quite the glove. Yeah. I'd rather have Mittens and Chicken Strips at this point. Anyway, that's I'm 100% there with you, man. I think they, and I think they should give him a shot. It's because it's like, why not give another look to someone else? I mean, yeah. because... Chicken Strips is clearly not working out. Yeah, I mean, I, c- I can get the logic behind not wanting to mess with the bench unit. And if someone's hurt in the starting l- unit, you just you put someone else in. So if you want to do that, why not give GP2 um, a shot at this? Because he's a guy who's athletic. He's a guy who can rebound. Um, something that both that Lonzo's been touted as this whole season as a great rebounder and a, uh, good athleticism. Well, actually, he hasn't been talked about <laughs> about his athleticism, but we could tell that his athleticism is actually really good. But the thing that this team needs is to get out on the break. And GP2 is a guy who's looking to play really make his mark on the defensive end and really hopefully he's able to poke some balls out and we can uh, continue getting on that fast break because that's the only way we're going to be able to win games, especially games like tonight going against the Celtics. All right. Well, um, I think that's now is a better time than any to call it. leave the podcast there. We went a little bit longer than we intended to today, but that's also because I'm going to start some observation hours for some – Trying to get my, my teaching career going, but uh, didn't have to do that today. Um, <laughs> so, from my room, because <laughs> I don't know, we're, not, yeah. we're still affiliated with CPP, but not so much CPP Radioactive, yeah, yeah. If you, just in case you didn't get it. But uh, <laughs> this has been the Lake Take with, uh, I'm Chris. And I'm Daniel. All right, have a good day. Love you guys.